Hello, everybody. This is Vern Value with the Value Guys. And um, I'm Val Hughes. Get it? He'd be the other Value Guy. And we're, we're both, both Value Guys. We're here bringing you this week's edition of the Value Line Observer, uh, a weekly uh, show in which we uh, we review uh, Value Lines. Um, the weekly uh, investment analyze uh, explore some stock ideas and we think maybe we have a little bit of credibility because we're uh, both working uh, Wall Street professionals uh, 25, 25 years experience um, and uh, you know and with some success I might add but uh, well and we're drinking right uh, now well, so we don't usually do that it, that's it, different it, than during and the that week. requires that we remind you that this is for entertainment purposes and uh, although uh, you are getting our uh, best effort based on a little bit of uh, liquid uh, lubrication and 10 minutes with value line to decide what stocks look inter interesting to us this week. So, Well, we spent a little more time than that. That's, All right, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, oh, if you want to learn more about us and why we're, uh, you know, wh why have they adopted these uh, disguises? Why do they have, ta why have they taken on secret identities? Well, our Tell bosses would never, our bosses would never allow us to actually do this show. Uh, you know, and that's again why we have to say this is and for entertainment use, so purposes. So we use advanced technology, yeah. and we alter our voices and uh, and our appearances, and we uh, and we think I the, sometimes this hood is and mask is just kind of stifling. Yeah. Well, you look uh, good, though. No, well, thank you. Um, I mean, we both look better than without. In any event, I, let's get to it. I yeah, kind of interesting to me. We had another one of these experiences where last week uh, we talked about Timberland. Do you remember? I think you yeah, said I you own, own it. it. I do own it. Okay, and then um, uh, of course this past week, uh, what public news that they've you want to say it put themselves up for sale? No, I mean I think these people see the stocks that we're talking about. I mean we're you know this is simple value one hundred and one. We've talked about it. Cash flow yields, good balance sheets. We're in a world of uh, wash in private equity money, I, and they're I, buying companies. I it's, think it's uh, it's our. I, I haven't kept track. I think it's our fourth or fifth takeout so far this year on yeah, stocks. Just count on it. That's what happens to uh, value stocks. And I so I was looking at. Uh, we've had some real success with uh, this rotation and value line. Um, you know, I was just I took a look through them as I they came. I Cedar Fair. Harley Davidson, Mattel has done great since you. Well, in a bull today. market, you know, we all feel smart. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Disney's been doing nothing except going straight up. Remember Westwood One? Yeah, I looked at um, it carefully. Deluxe, yeah. you did, you know, great call on Deluxe. So, in, in any event, um, well, since know. we maybe last reviewed these, I like, you know, I like this week. This interest rates are down. Uh, the recession was canceled. You know, uh, the consumer stayed strong, so advertising and things like that have done well. Paper prices are down, so that helps publishers. Uh, there's been a, you know, some discussion of a takeout of uh, the New York Times. Yeah, uh, but on the other hand, the uh, um, yeah, housing sector is cratering. And, uh, well, I saw the new uh, permits number today. I think scaring some people. Well, as I understand it, the... Uh, the SAR was down about 15% sequentially from uh, September. Now, having said that, though, we've talked about some building materials here, things like Florida Rock and the housing sector, you know, is actually up 20% off the lows, and some of this is being Well, uh, the, uh, the rest of the construction industry is booming. Infrastructure, uh, commercial. highway, yeah, commercial, exactly. institutional, etc. Plus, there's anyway, a lot of remodels. Uh, I'm going to come back in the second half of the show and talk about um, uh, believe it or not, a chemical company which looks very interesting. I'm going to talk about Playboy and I'm going to talk about Polaris. Uh, but uh, first, I'm going to uh, turn it over to my uh, my uh, partner, my uh, 
Uh, I can't think yeah, of let's just get out of here. I need okay. alliteration, and I'm having yeah. trouble with a D. Let's prepare disguise. a little bit before the show for these My dog kinds of in things. disguise. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Very. That was very good. Fortunately, I'll edit the show. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Val Hughes, and uh, that's not my real name. If you recall from last week, I was very sick. I could barely speak. Uh, this week, I'm a little better, although I may occasionally cough uh, on the show. So I'll just apologize for that in advance. As Vern was saying, it's a good week to look through here. A lot of sort of consumer stocks, stocks you think you can understand, even if you probably don't actually. Um, but there's things you're familiar with every day, things you use, Disney, DreamWorks, you know, it's all stuff. Entertainment, that, uh, hotel, gaming, recreation. And, you know, some of these things tend to get overvalued simply because everyone in the world thinks, you know, they go to Disney World and then they want to own the stock. So, you know, it kind of creates demand that's not toys based on the fundamentals. toys, too. Uh, so, and radio, entertainment. Uh, now, I looked at some things this week. Mattel, we've spoken about in the past. Uh, they are near a high. I'm, I'm just, you know, I own this actually, and it's approaching. I just want to say we've recommended in the past. Mattel's approaching a sell target. In fact, I've been talking in the office about selling it. Uh, it's very strong on the heels of a strong Christmas. They have the rights to Cars, Disney's movie or Pixar's movie Cars, which I'm a huge fan, by the way. Uh, and also uh, uh, Elmo, T TMX Elmo. So. You know, uh, toys is cyclical. It's like the movie business. Mattel's got a lot of positive press. They've opened some new girls' stores and all. Well, Value Line uh, says here on the on their uh, table of contents this week that they think Hasbro and Mattel are likely to have a happy holiday season. If the stock well, requires are. a good holiday season, well, it's just just it, to be where it's at. Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's a, it's had a strong run. I kind of take money off the table on uh, Mattel. Uh, in the entertainment uh, industry, which starts on page 1861, there is some news this week that's of note. Uh, there's been a bid for clear channel communication, and I didn't note uh, that price, and I feel bad I didn't. I want to talk about it. But, you know, there's a benchmark of valuation in this industry, so just go note the uh, enterprise value to EBIT, uh, you know, multiple, and, you know, there's a good benchmark for most things in, in radio. Uh, I did look quickly at Disney, and with the event risk there, I couldn't look at it. Uh, Westwood One, I've talked about in the past. No, I've talked about it. Well, I think I talked about it before that. I mean, I, I've got this on my desk at, at the office oh. right now. Uh, you know, this thing, they provide, um, you know, Content. radio snippets to you know, traffic and things. Um, and at some point, that content's going to have value in some of these other digital uh, channels that are coming up, but they don't seem to so far. Yeah. They're going to compete with things like Google Live Traffic and stuff, so maybe that's not a buy, but it looks like it wants to be at some point. Uh, hotels, <coughs> excuse me, pretty fully valued. Publishing, uh, there was a buyout for uh, announcement for Reader's Digest this week, so there's another benchmark evaluation in publishing. Uh, there's a little relief in, in paper prices there. Who's evaluation? Uh, you know, it's about 10 times EBIT, uh, EBITDA on that, and that's a little disappointing. But Readers is an old media company. It's having trouble growing. <coughs> One of the things we're going to talk about later, excuse me, is how lists and mailings to people aren't generating the hits like they used to, the percent uh, uh, conversion to buyers. And that was a way Readers Digest always attracted new customers, mm. and sweepstakes are out, and so they've had trouble. Uh, then I get to uh, one I do want to spend a minute on uh, in the, uh, let's see, 
where am I? You know, it's up front in the recreation industry. I passed right over it. I'm just going to spend a minute on Polaris. Polaris, I don't know. Vern picked this hey, independently. Yeah, so we're both going to talk about it. So I'll just talk half as much because uh, then Vern can pick it up. But the thing that attracts me to Polaris, page 1855, is first, it's recreational. So you got demographics working for you, the baby boom, uh, you know, the wealthiest group of people in the history of the planet about to retire with, you know, uh, good health, longer lives, lifespans. So they sell a couple of things that people might want to buy, baby boomer toys, you know, uh, personal watercraft, all-terrain vehicles, and motorcycles. Uh, so, you know, uh, over time, I think that the marketplace is pretty good for that. They have a little history of improving operating margins. I don't know if that's because of price or cost. Uh, Vern will probably fill us in on that. Cash flow, uh, 460 a share. You know, the stock's at 43, so it's below my 10 times number. Now, I look at CapEx, and the difference between CapEx and cash flow is going to give me some estimate of free cash flow, 2 bucks a share. Oh, it's 20 times that. That's higher than I like to pay, uh, but I'm offset by really a pretty good P.E. multiple, and the thought that the CapEx cycle can roll off is... You know, Vern mentioned they're building capacity for a couple of there's things. There's a yield, too. And there's a yield. Uh, they have a long history of great returns on capital, which, you know, gives me a couple of clues to it being a great market that maybe isn't entirely price sensitive. It also suggests these guys are doing something better than other people, and they've been doing it well for a long time, and it's probably systemic to somehow their system, their dealer network, their patents, whatever it is, it looks sustainable. Uh, and then the final thing is everything, you know, doesn't really look that good for them right now, which is usually an opportunity to buy. Uh, you've got excess inventory. You've had high gas prices. Uh, you've had interest rate, you know, issues. Housing is, uh, you're not selling your house. A lot of people might have used proceeds to buy some big ticket items like this. So there's some wind in your face, and that means there's fear in the stock. The stock is down for two years. Well, uh, there's, also, there's also some fear, I think, that... Um, you know, ATV has been the growth driver for this business. It's not. It was originally a snowmobile company, right? Yeah, of course. Snowmobiles are just fourteen percent of revenue now, and of course, very difficult to operate. Almost in getting be, becoming even increasingly difficult to operate. It cuts down on uh, size of the market. Well, plus global warming. There's not as much snow. I don't think as there used to be. That may be true as well. Um, you know, ATVs have been, you know, allowed to kind of run wild in the wild. And I think increasingly their um, their freedom is being restricted to some degree. There's also uh, ATVs, of course, originally born as the only product in that category. And what some people might not tie to this story is that um, the development of similar off-road capability vehicles, four-wheel drive by the Gulf... <coughs> By the golf car companies. Yeah, um, I've seen some of those things. Right, has I think cut into their addressable market as well. So, oh, they'll I still have distribution advantages, and that's uh, one of the concerns. Mm -hmm. And and they also Value Line also talks about they're moving into the luxury touring motorcycle segment, and that they have high hopes for that. Um, you know, I, I think the Indian brand failed. Weren't there a couple others that have tried to? Uh, resuscitate was that theirs? Indian, no, it wasn't theirs. I think you got to figure a, a company that's earning to go into against a, Harley. When you've got a thirty percent return on capital, I think some of that kind of stuff that fails is apt to be viewed you know, as uh, R and D, and you got to be doing. You that. know, you said it, the stock had been a loser for the last two years. I thought it was interesting, though, and this is part of what attracted me to it is relative. I'm now where I was in the two thousand one recession. 
Yeah. That's so, right. I, you know, I got to believe that the company at one third larger than it was then is worth some amount. Now, value line more. here says four and a half percent earnings growth. And unless there's something terribly wrong here, the thing about the uh, the thought that less land will be available to ATVs, I think you know, this may seem like a tangent, but you just got to look at what's going on in the drug industry. Baby boomers are going to control votes, and baby boomers want to drive ATVs. So if you can make the cost of a drug go down by voting, you can certainly open up a couple of parks to riding around on ATVs. So that doesn't worry me so much. Well, the other thing that had me worried right now is what looks to me like seasonality in this stock. Well, yeah. Uh, each of the last four years, the stock's been uh, in the process of either taking a header or turned down right around the uh, beginning of the year. Well, except in 02. Well, that's just it. I have to go back to O2 to break the pattern. Which maybe looked like this on a, you know, relative Maybe, value. maybe. And uh, it's not true. Is it true in O1? Um, yeah, sort of. Okay, well. True in 2000. So, Polaris, Six LS, I'm done with that. Ago. I like it. You We're can come back to Polaris. it. We're both done with Polaris. Oh, you're no, on to? Yeah, that's why yeah. I jumped in. Okay, so, good. Now, great. you're back on, okay? Okay, well, if my voice can continue here, let's see. Uh, moving along the value line hit parade here. Uh, page 1912. I've talked about this before. I'm not sure how much I like it, but you know, I'm just, I'm, I don't own it. I'm about to buy it. I'm recommending it. New York Times. I think we may be at the bottom. If you look at the relative chart, it's been going down since the beginning of 03, a period which corresponds to, uh, you know, uh, continued declines in circulation and readership, offset in part by. Uh, increased rates. In fact, their Sunday paper is about to go up about 10%. They're going to raise the... Um, 10%? Of 50 cents. And they're going to, I wow. think, uh, that may be for out-of-towners. And they're also going to raise the price of the daily. Uh, I don't think so in the uh, coin machines, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do because that's always a pain. Okay, but but in any case, they're offsetting, they're offsetting circ declines with price. You can only do that so long, but on the other hand, uh, most of the papers paid for by advertising, and that's been the real problem. Is that advertising's been weak in you know most of old media, newspapers, magazines, radio, uh, even television's having trouble. Although uh, television is somewhat protected by the fact that it's at least it's on a screen and people are watching screens, and to the extent that television can attract you know uh, the, the internet to be viewed on it, you know TV may. Maybe okay as a as a medium, but newspapers are in some trouble. The most recent statistics, I think, were the worst in some period of time, uh, and so that continues to be problematic. Paper prices are coming down a little bit, but so that all sounds like bad news, and it is. Uh, I think a lot of that is at this point in the stock, and the reason I say that is at the core, the New York Times is one of the I think strongest brands, one of the top brands in the world. Uh, as a source of information and why while they've had their problems over the last few years with credibility and all that uh, I think they've worked through that um, and they've, they've taken steps to improve the paper I think those have you know succeeded in, in some measure uh, they're having some good success on the internet and the thing about the internet of course is that advertisers can measure results and that's why uh, the internet continues to gain share of advertising they I think have the second most uh, paid for site on the web second to the Wall Street Journal uh, and uh, is starting to get some traction with their um, uh, Times uh, 
uh, what's it called, uh, elect or select, where you can get access to the uh, editorials. It's starting to get some traction. The other thing they have is something called about.com, which they bought a couple of years ago uh, and bought it at a good price. It's growing like mad. It's one of the most traveled sites on the web. They have all experts in different categories. But, you know, it's just 6% of earnings, so it's, it's not big enough to move the needle right now, but it's, it's sort of moving along. They need to do a better job of converting readers to Internet people, saving the paper cost and distribution. Let's face it, getting news to people by printing it on paper and putting it on trucks and having people throw it in your yard and having them to dry it after it gets wet is all a lot of wasted energy versus hitting you know send. And I think that the migration of that's going to uh, take some time, uh, but people will still pay a, a buck or a buck fifty for the paper with all the expense gone. So over time, this is going to be a great value. It's been brought really to the I think market's attention recently because Jack Welch and some of his uh, private equity buddies have made some noise that they want to buy the Boston Globe. Uh, that uh, you know, uh, new staff cuts are hurting the integrity of the paper, etc. Boston's one of the most uh, you know, broadbanded cities in America, so it's kind of a future look at what could happen, you know, in other cities. Uh, so anyway, uh, you know, I like the New York Times. Uh, it's cheap. It's a 3% yield, 17 times earnings. Uh, you know, this offer from Welch and his friends may just be calling the bottom in What'd terms of... What you say of, about the ownership structure? It's uh, AB stock, and you know that could all unwind. Oh. I think there's pressure on on this. And that would help. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, finally, and my voice is starting to go. Uh, I looked at this thing on page 1924, Velasquez Communications ticker VCI. Um, I looked at that too. It looked really cheap. You know, it's been plummeting. So of course, it draws my attention. It's nine times earnings, half the S&P multiple. Uh, there's a lot of fear in this right now. And the reason it's plummeting is really that, uh, you know, well, first, what do they do? Uh, Velasquez Communications is a media company that offers a wide range of marketing solutions to manufacturers and retailers. They do freestanding inserts in Sunday papers in 550 markets around the country, 41 weeks a year. And they also do what's called cluster targeted marketing. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, calendars and die cuts and things like that to people. Promotions directly to people in their homes. And, of course, this thing called the Internet has interfered with direct marketing on paper, plus paper prices, etc. But, uh, you know, there's still a need to get to someone's home and get their address. You know, I've had some experience with this recently, just trying to get an email list to do a promotional mailing to people on email. You can't get email addresses. You know, you have to... Uh, uh, get an opt-in. It's uh, not only expensive, but people have to give you their permission. You know, for mail, you can you can just continue to send stuff to people, and then you try to get them to visit your website, call your 800 number, capture that name, and then you own it. You don't have to keep renting lists. And you know, list rental has become an increasingly problematic area for marketers because the lists simply aren't performing uh, the way they used to perform. We I think we mentioned something about Reader's Digest earlier. Now, Velasquez is also got another problem. An industry competitor, Advo and Velasquez, agreed to merge. Uh, you know, neither group of shareholders appreciated the deal, and so uh, both stocks have been going down. They're linked by a ratio, although I'm assuming Value Line doesn't get into much of that. And uh, you know, Velasquez is suing Advo to undo the deal and said that you know, there wasn't full disclosure. So. 
I think there's a lot of fear in this stock. I don't think the lawsuit affects the uh, results. I think if anybody was going to buy it, they ought to check and find out exactly what the terms of this merger are. Well, sure. I'm just going to make a guess that it's it's a ratio on stock. It's a merger. And I saw this happen recently. I owned Andrew Corp, and they got in this similar thing where someone made a bid. It was an all-stock bid. It was a ratio. Both stocks started going down. Deal unwound, and both stocks went back up. I think ah. you got a similar thing here. This lawsuit is not hurting the earnings of either company, and uh, I think there's fear in the marketplace. We talked a little bit last week What's about that. your cash flow multiple? Just curious. Well, this thing, we're going to get to all that. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Uh, free cash flow. Here's the thing. Gross cash flow, according to value line, 2 bucks a share in 06, 2.10 in 07, but CapEx against that is very low. We're looking at a buck fifty in free cash flow, stock at 15. You know, uh, I like... Ten times free cash flow is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's why we're talking about it. Come on. Join in. Let's see here. A little here. touchy, aren't we? <laughs> well, of course it's What's nice. That's structure? why I'm freaking talking about it, <laughs> What's Bert? the capital structure? Oh, man. What am I, in class here? Jeez. Now, here's the problem. The capital structure, it's 72% at the cap. So that's a very good question. Some, but on the other hand, well, hold on now. It's 15 times covered. Now, what does that tell you? The balance sheet a looks bad. cash interest No, it's, uh, they, it tells you these guys are generating mad amounts of cash. It means they have no equity And, uh, well, because a few years ago, this thing was a negative equity, if you go back to 96. And they're just earning their way. Just in the last five years, they they've turned to positive. So, so and their sure. equity right now, here's a little nugget in the story. Mm -hmm. The equity, if you look at Value Line's forecast, you know, they're forecasting 3% cash flow growth, which I think is going to be higher, by the way. 2.5% <laughs> earnings growth, I think it'll be higher. But 23% book value growth. So the debt to cap here is going to be you know, radically Changing improving. Quickly, yeah. They've been actually very stable in debt and have been sneaking a little bit of debt pay down over the last few years. And they've also been uh, buying stock back. So a very well, strong cash flow. Uh, I think you know people need address. They need email addresses. They need to get to people in their homes. Uh, and this is going to continue to be a viable business. Their margins are pretty stable. You know, they were 30% eight years ago. They're not that anymore. They're 14%. They look to be stabilizing around there. And, uh, you know, I think at nine times earnings, you got to wait in. So that's Velasis, VCI. Vern's giggling over here. We can revisit this. We'll revisit this next time. <laughs> it may time. work out great. I think but it will. I've never heard of it. Well, don't put your mom in it. it, it what you've heard of doesn't make it bad. <laughs> don't put your mom in it. But, uh, you know, and well, there's no just, deal. When, it, when there's something that's gone clearly as badly as this has. What do you, why I, do you say clearly bad? 14% operating margin. Well, it says merger with Advo. I mean, sometimes it's a cash merger, right? No, it can't be a cash merger. It's got to be a stock merger. Well, I would think it is, but there's nothing here. Well, here's what we do know. The trial date has been set for December 11th. Critical of the deal's valuation process. What? Yeah, yeah. That's all in the stock, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Probably. There's fear in the streets. Time to buy Velasquez. And with Time that, for a beverage, beverage break. break. Here we go. Clank. Ooh. Thanks for listening, and everybody. That was, a, that was a natural clank. Well, you, it was nice. Enjoy. Uh -huh. And uh, I'd like to absolutely. introduce, I'd like to introduce, with great fanfare, my partner Vern Value. I think you've given me great fanfare two weeks in a row. I'm, tr I'm looking for a sound, a value guy sound. Uh, I don't well, know. You know, we already talked about one of my stocks, which was Polaris. 
I'm going to go to another P stock. Okay. Uh, symbol PLA. You may have heard of this company. It's called Playboy Enterprises. No. No, I haven't. No, you haven't? Are they still uh, in business? They're a publisher. They publish a magazine called Playboy. My dad got a subscription to that. 32% uh, of sales in 2005. And sales are considerable. Uh, $338 million. Not growing very much, but uh, that means the magazine's a $100 million business. Hmm. That seems small for how long they've been around. Yeah, well, I... The entertainment segment, 60%. Reader's Digest, billion dollars. Nine domestic cable TV channels and produces programs for them and for distribution in foreign TV and in-home video markets. They have a licensing business as well. Some internet, including online gambling. Um, Which has been ruled uh, illegal, illegal in, in the places. United States. Hugh yeah. Hefner owns 70% of the stock. Um, he probably owns all A, I guess. I don't know. But... Um, Interesting to me, this business has been a remarkably stable cash flow generator uh, for the last four years, according to Value Line, also in 2006, and they think it'll be a little up a little bit in 07. Well, they've got a brand, no question. And There's this is, you know, you were talking, was it uh, New York Times, Velasquez, who had the no capital spending on your group? Cause I, well, Velasquez was pretty low. Okay. The Times, no, they're spending money. All right. The Times is... And uh, Polaris is really cranking it well, up right, right. now. Okay, so it's the Velasquez where you made the observation. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. no. Well, I've got the they same thing here any. at Playboy. There's no capital spending, so I've got a basically a buck and a half to two dollars of cash flow and an eleven dollars stock. So is debt the problem? Well, it does say forty-two percent of total capital. Yeah. Uh, not a huge number, yeah. but I also have forty million of cash on the balance sheet measured against the hundred and fifteen million of debt. So. I don't know what I don't know what the financial leverage is appropriately adjusted, but it's not 42 percent. There's not a lot of leases, according to the value line, 14 million. They cover earning, uh, earnings coverage of interest three times. Hmm. Um, that looks a little thin. Yeah. Uh, but they're carrying more debt than they need because of the large cash balance, so they've got a little bit of buffer. I'm sure is what they're thinking. Uh, the stock at 11 and a third. Hmm is uh, a lot closer to where the stock's bottomed over the last, like, eight years than where the highs are. Well, advertising is 15 to $30. But this is a content company, again, with brand, as you point out. Yeah. And there, uh, there's no mention of it from Value Line here, but they've decided to bring the clubs back to life. Oh, And God. as we've seen with the development of, uh, you know, the male spa phenomenon... You may be familiar no, I'm not with. At all. Uh, you're not familiar with the male spa phenomenon. No, these no. are high-end uh, barber shops, basically. Oh well, yeah, of course. Where yes. men can go and have their toenails clipped if they want, and shoot pool and drink beer. Those are called male spas. I didn't yeah, they're know calling them male spas. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I, you know, I don't know how that's going to go, but I'm. I'm I call just, it the barber. I, know, I'm but. thinking that maybe because Hugh owns so much of this, and there's the perception that. Media may be working against them in some way, even though their cash flow stable. Well, you just think. At one time, Playboy had a monopoly on the content that they provide, and now it's free on the Internet. Well, here's uh, my observation. And so, uh, you know, they got to figure out other ways to here's know, my observation. cash, now, cash in on it. I think he's uh, 78. 78 years old. By all appearances, a very healthy man, a very active man, a physically active man. Um that I, I hope lives until he's 120 years old, but uh, he is of a certain era where um, his longevity at this point is uh, quite remarkable. 
And uh, at some well, point... Well, Friedman just died at 94. By the way, uh, Milton Friedman, uh, genius. Moment of silence, yeah. please. Okay. All right. Uh, meanwhile, I, so I, I think Playboy... I think you're making too much out of this. Playboy, you know, they sell... What they do have, and all I ever see, are, of course, the articles and the interviews. And, you know, they do have a little bit of an edge on that. But the photography and such, I mean, the problem is it's free on the internet. They do have some cable deals, but I, I don't know what's the multiple. We didn't. Did you get into that valuation? I, I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, I talked about I'm an eleven dollar stock with a dollar and a half to two dollars of multiple? free cash flow, seven to eight times. Okay, well that's pretty good. Seven to eight times free cash flow with no capital spending requirements. You know, I guess I got to go with that. I didn't hear you say that. Uh, that's cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's very cheap. Okay. Uh, and my my other stock is I don't know if I I don't I think I've heard of the company but I'm not sure why I've never heard certainly of certainly have never looked at it Huntsman Corp I symbol is H U N Hun <coughs> for some reason Value Line does not have a rating on this hmm. well it's so got a it's kind a, of a recent history there <coughs> short trading history uh, two years basically so what's it say founded 1982 as the Huntsman Chemical Corporation which included the worldwide chemical operations of Texaco since 94. Hmm. Uh, some businesses from Imperial Chemical Industries in 99 went public in 05. Hmm. At $23, the stock 17 and a quarter. Hmm. I guess someone mispriced that out there, investment banker. Well, it depends on what you know side of it you were on, I guess. From the banker's point of view, they probably thought it was a smashing success. Uh, they nine, always do. Nine times earnings. Half the market PE. Eight and a half times cash flow. Less than ten times free cash flow. There's a little bit of capital spending, but cash flow looks very strong and looks reasonably stable here, around $4. They earn a uh, 10 11% return on capital. Not bad, I'd say, for a well, big a bunch of commodities, uh, right? Um, chemical company. What's, what's their well, edge? Here's the story. What's their edge, Vern? Here's the story. Global producer of commodity and differentiated chemicals. 2005, uh, they got base chemicals delivered 29% of sales, but only 17% of uh, operating profits. So that's to flip around with uh, oil prices coming down. Advanced materials were 9%, polyurethanes 26%, performance products 15 polymers 13 pigments 8 a lot of other, you know, very diversified company in other words. Um, sales around the world, uh, half in the U.S. Uh, they're selling their European-based chemical and polymer operations for $700 million to help pay down debt. Debt's substantial, $4.4 billion. How much did that contribute to earnings, did they say? Uh, no, but it's going to be, uh, I mean, if even if it were only 8% debt, and certainly got to be more than that, that'd be $56 million. Um Against uh, so thirty million after tax maybe against net profit of four hundred, so it's contributing you know close to ten percent I guess. In any event, mm -hmm. a lot of debt, sixty nine percent of total capital. It, I wasn't value line that. says they cover it two point seven times. It is a chemical company, so I think reasonably stable. In any event, they're selling this business for seven hundred million dollars. They'll help pay down debt. Well, okay. that comes off the four point four billion, right? Then yeah. later on, Value Line says they'll probably complete the divestiture of all of its commodity businesses next year.
probably sell the rest of its commodity operations. Which is everything, right? More stable earnings. I mean, this is multiple expansion because risk declines with the sale of the more cyclical and volatile and low-value-added commodity chemical business. That's got to be their plan. And, and it's just and get it's it in selling advance. for under 10 times free cash flow. And I'm getting ready to raise, I mean, certainly got to be more than a billion dollars because they're getting 700 out of the European so base the debt, business. The debt and That's the coverage coming way down, people, and the coverage is going right. to get a lot get stronger. Yeah. Huh. That's a neat I, little uh, nugget. This is, uh, this is you know, the best idea that I've got this week. Um, you know, mixed. Uh, we had mixed emotions about Polaris. and uh, Okay, so we'll forget about Playboy. Well... No, I mean, it's a good earnings yield for sure. And, uh, you know, it is the oldest uh, or second oldest. Uh, I think you put it on. away and you just wait for the value to be unlocked somehow. There's a lot of content there. And the content doesn't well, require Hugh Hefner to be alive. But the content's is commo getting commoditized, I think. Uh, Velasis is my best idea. VCI. Don't put your mom in this. No, don't put your this mom in this. This is a little, you know, it's. The best long-term idea I have is the New York Times, but it may not work for a while, but the New York Times is not going away, ladies and gentlemen. And Velasquez, so I think you could get a pop on that. And that's all I have. So now thanks for years. being with us again this week, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again next week, oh, uh, loyal listeners. By the way, uh, yeah. if you're still listening right now, right. it probably means you really, really like the show. Website, you know, And I just want to say, uh, we had, uh, you know, on iTunes, uh, we've had a couple new reviews of the show. And I just want to say uh, thank you very much, listeners, for doing that. It it uh, it makes us feel good, and uh, we hope we do hope you continue to enjoy the show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>